0: To the Bear Wozniak adventure, kickstart that engine and roll thunder with the pack. Explore the grittiness of masculine spirituality, gain traction in the virtues, and soup up your spiritual engine by turning adversity into adventure. Now, here's Bear Wozniak. Let's ride.
1: Aloha and welcome to the Bear Wozniak Adventure. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. Today I'm actually coming to you from Cocoa Beach, Florida. We just wrapped up our shoot of season three of Long Ride Home in the Hawaiian Islands. And uh, within a few months, season two will begin to air on EWTN. So we're excited about kind of being a little bit ahead of the curve with our shooting of our reality show. And I'll tell you, uh, it's a reality show. There's no, it, it's about the toughest thing I've ever done uh riding these great distances and uh, it's kind of like the lord strips you down uh uh you know you kind of come to an end of your strength and what's so beautiful is that seems to be when the holy spirit uh, shows up and and then it's then we're kind of going on holy spirit power and and he shows up and does beautiful and powerful things so uh we're excited to be back in Cocoa beach florida we're working uh editing season two and season three we're going to be uh working on that uh editing that in a couple months we start but you know, our, our ministry is called Deep Adventure Ministries. And, uh, but I've got a guest with us today who's even better than deeper. He's great. He's the great adventure. You know who I'm talking about. We have Jeff Cavins. Jeff, aloha. Welcome back to the Bear Wozniak Adventure.
2: Good to be back with you, Bear.
1: The Bear Wozniak Adventure starring Jeff Cavins is on the, <laughs> is on the show. Uh, Jeff uh, and I had coffee together. Uh, with Cindy, uh, maybe like three months ago in Minneapolis. Yeah. And we've been trying to get together for so many times because I have family that lives in that area. And then you said something crazy. What was it you, you, you mentioned that you thought you might like to do someday?
2: I, I said I'd like to ride up to Alaska someday on my motorcycle.
1: <laughs> and didn't you say you wanted to go from like Florida to Alaska?
2: Yeah, Florida to Alaska, the, kind of the ultimate adventure on the bike.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that just kind of just grabbed, grabbed me. I, that was like the Holy Spirit said, do it. You know, it's like, how could I not do that? If I, especially if I get to be with Jeff Cavins. So, so uh, we're working on that, aren't we? We're, uh, we're less than uh, 10 months away from starting that adventure next August.
2: Yeah, yeah, we're talking about uh, taking the big, long adventure and also meeting up with a whole bunch of other brothers in the Lord. And on the way, I think it's going to be good.
1: Yeah, but I don't know if you're man enough, Jeff.
2: Well, you know, that's why I'm hanging around with you. I want to be a better man.
1: Well, I mean, you know, I mean, have you ever ridden your motorcycle 1,000 miles in one day?
2: You know, <laughs> I did about a month and a half ago, two months ago I did, actually. So
1: actually, you actually have done what they call an iron butt.
2: Yes. And how many miles did you actually go? Uh, we went 1,200 miles in a day.
1: So you decided you would just to make a
2: point. Yeah, you know, it's something about, something I've wanted to do since I heard of the idea. I've got a lot of crazy ideas like coast to coast in 10 days and all 48 states in 10 days. There's what do you mean
1: all 48? You're missing two.
2: Uh, well, the, the ones here, but you and I are going to you didn't you didn't invite me to Hawaii. Otherwise, we'll, I got we'll punch
1: to the Alaska ticket with you then.
2: <laughs> yeah, we did. You know, we we had a fantastic trip this last August. I meet I ride with like eight guys. And we went 4,500 miles in nine days. And on the last day, you know, we started Minneapolis to uh, Gillette, Wyoming, <laughs> then went down to Denver, uh, Durango, Santa Fe, Winslow, oh, Arizona. Beautiful. Up through Utah, Idaho, and back through uh, Montana. But we, we were on our uh, – we, we went all the way to Idaho Falls, and we had about 1,200 miles to go. And I looked at my buddy – we were riding just the two of us at that point, and I said, "Let's do it. Let's do. Let's go the whole way in one day, and we'll stop in Bismarck. We'll sleep for two hours in a hotel, and we'll get back on and we'll, that we'll go." That was
1: wise. We, that was prudent.
2: Yeah, we did. We slept for about almost three hours, and uh, yeah, it was great. I mean, when I was done, I felt like a million bucks. I was. I really wasn't that tired. So
1: well, you know. So so let's picture this. So. Did you do the official one where you went to the website and you clocked yeah. in? And so, so tell us about that. So you're, you're in uh, Minnesota, Minneapolis. Yeah. And, yeah, and but did you set the alarm clock for what time and what, what happens next?
2: Well, we, were, we, we had been on the trip. We had gone through Sturgis and everything. And we were on the tail end of the trip in Idaho Falls. And, uh, and I, said, I said at that point, uh, let's, let's go for it. And so we went online and we looked. We looked for everything, you know, online with the Iron Butt Association. And with the Iron Butt Association, what we what you do is you have to you really have to verify this. So you got to have a witness sign at the gas station you're starting at, mileage, picture, all of that. And then on the way, you have to have uh, receipts from all the gas stations with mileage. And then at the end, you have to have a witness sign off that you're here, this is your mileage, and you take a picture. And you have to have a whole route. We did that the night before we left, and we went 1,200 miles and got back to Minneapolis.
1: Oh, so you went from Idaho Falls to Minneapolis? Yeah. Wow. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, yeah, so that's the
1: after the end of already riding over 3,000 miles or about 3,000 miles, you're going to tack another yeah, thousand we miles. Yeah, we did, in did one about
2: 3,500 miles uh, to that point, and some of the days were like you know 600 mile days, and so. We were anxious to get home and to see our wives, and it's a little more of an incentive to go home, you see your wife, uh, instead of taking two to three days to come home and just do it in one shot. And My buddy and I talked to each other with Bluetooth, you know, headset, and we, we prayed, we prayed rosaries together, we prayed for our families, and uh, just great fellowship, you know.
1: Did you listen to any audible books or anything like that?
2: You know, I, I didn't on that particular leg. We talked a lot about theology and prayed together and, and I just enjoyed the, you know going through Bear and mm. just the, the beautiful, peaceful riding. I've know?
1: been I've been all those places. But yeah. Not on a motorcycle, but I've been I've been well, everywhere, man. I've been Route 66 when I was a kid, you know, with my parents. So we did yeah. that
2: on this trip. We're down in Winslow, Arizona. Yeah.
1: Winslow, Arizona. I yeah. forget how the song goes exactly, but
2: Seven Saints on My Mind.
1: Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> so now, um, when you're doing that ride, um, what was the? Were you? Did you get sleepy at all, or did you? Your back? I did at one or... point.
2: I did at one point. We were going through. Um, it was on the thousand mile trip, and on that day we were going through Montana.
1: Oh, that's just um, a long straight road, isn't it?
2: And I, you know, what happened was that we hit rain, so we put our gear on, and my gear didn't breathe that well. You know, the mm-hmm. the rain gear, and you get hot. And, and I started getting hot and kind of drowsy. And I told my buddy, I said, I don't care if I get wet. I, I got to get out of this. I got to wake up here. And so we, yeah. we pulled over and I got a cup of coffee, took off the rain gear, and literally felt like a million bucks after that. It was, it was, it was just a wise thing to do. You know?
1: And you know, coffee helps too. Well, you know, Jeff, <laughs> maybe we can do it. I mean, it's in my, the back of my mind to make a run like that when we do, when we do our Cocoa Beach, Florida to, to uh, Skagway, Alaska run that we're going to be doing in August. But I just have the feeling... From a matter point of view of prudence, that we're, I don't know how many thousands of miles we're going. I forget now, but um, you know, maybe maybe to kind of ease off the accelerator on that. <laughs> maybe maybe when we come back from Edmonton or something to Helena, I don't know. But anyway, um, really looking forward to that. And it says a lot about your um, your relationship with these other men, these other men. You've been riding together with them for how many how many road trips have you made like
2: that? Uh, four four big ones. Yeah. It, Most of our five thousand miles.
1: And what does that do to your relationships?
2: Well, I think it, you know, it brings us together as brothers. You get to know each other, your strengths and your weaknesses. You know, you you get an idea of I mean, not any, but not everybody can just go in, on a five thousand mile motorcycle trip with a bunch of guys and 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 in some days it's a little harder because we might ride six hundred miles and we're riding to a church, getting off the bikes and literally walking up to a platform and speaking to 500 people and then having something to eat and then go to the hotel. So at the end of 4 5 600 miles of riding it is as an hour talk, you know. Mm but you get to know them. You you, you get to know them, you know, their families. And, you know, if you're riding together like that, you'll get calls in the middle of your trip, you know, that, oh, my son's in the hospital, my daughter's, you know, she got in a car accident or whatever. And that kind of weighs on you a little bit. And it gives you a chance to, to pray for them on the phone and, you know, get together. But, uh, we, we speak at so many churches and men's groups that, uh, uh, it gives them an opportunity to minister to men on the road. You know, I, I speak, but these guys are out there among the crowd and they're talking to guys and praying with them. And, and we get an opportunity to, we, we probably witnessed at gas stations and hotels to maybe 30, 40 people we you know, we actually witnessed to, witness
1: to. Yeah. you know, and it's kind of similar with us when we do our run, we've done, what's kind of like the same thing. We've done three big rides and, uh, uh, You know, we're not speaking, but we're filming, and that's tough because you you stop for gas and the cameras are on, and you know it's tough, especially when you have deadlines, especially when you're going across the desert or something. You got to get from point A to point B. There isn't a plan. There isn't a plan B. You got to get to that hotel that night. And my least favorite thing to do with my men is to ride at night, and it always seemed like we kind of ended up doing that. Oh, did you pushing so hard? But it really, it really gets down to what it means to be brothers and, 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 the raw, and the raw edges and the, you know, you know bumping into each other. Uh, we're talking with Jeff Cavins, who is the man who's on the great adventure, wants to lead us on the great adventure, uh, his, uh, his ministry. Uh, and mine is the deep adventure, deep, the Bear Wozniak adventure. So you got two adventure guides with you and we get back. We're going to talk about what it takes to be an activated disciple. This is your, adventure guide bear woznik you can go to our website deepadventure.com and you can sign up for our newsletter which means every week you would get uh, uh the radio show sent to you on an mp3 version before it even airs and you can go to youtube right now if you want to see what jeff cavins looks like and uh and and check us out because we also are on youtube we'll be right back with more of the bear woznik adventure
0: the Catholic solution to the health care problem is here. Paying too much for your health care costs? Solidarity HealthShare is a health care sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund health care costs while protecting and practicing their Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity Health Share members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. For more information, call 844-313-4999. Again, 844-313-4999. Or visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. Go to BearWasnick.com and get your free stuff. Bear will send you the audio of his fiery Call to the Wall talk, challenging men to step into the breach and rebuild the walls of the home, the church, and our society. You get a free ebook of it too. Go to BearWasnick.com and click on Get My Free Stuff. This is a warning the Bear Wozniak adventure is dangerous. The radical change Bear challenges you to is not for whims. Change this station to a soft rock station before it's too late. You've been warned. Now, here is Bear Wozniak. Aloha and welcome back
1: to the Bear Wozniak adventure. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. I have Jeff Cavins with me. His, uh, his uh, Bible timeline series is called The Great Adventure, and, and uh, it's so interesting. My... Uh, that my ministry uh, developed to be calling Deep, Deep Adventure. And so you got two adventurous guys with you. And, and we're adventurous not because we ride motorcycles like Jeff just did, 1,200 miles in a day or, or uh, uh, do other things like that. What makes our life adventurous is, is, is living a life abandoned to the Holy Spirit. And Jeff did me a favor and sent me this new Bible. Now, I've been looking for a new Bible for years. Uh, wanting to find a good Catholic Bible uh, that had the right footnotes. Uh, you know, really, to tell you the truth, Jeff, what it looks like. I love the leather. I love blue leather. Um, and a Bible, could she kind of fit in your hand like a gun kind of fits, you know? It's kind of <laughs> like, you know how when you pick up the right gun, you know, this is my gun? Yeah. You know, or like yeah. your, your motorcycle, you know, that's your, mo- when you sat on it, you knew that's the one I'm going to buy. And uh,
2: too. <laughs> you know what I'm talking
1: about? Well, this Bible, when I opened it up in Hawaii uh, about a month ago, I, I just finally someone's given me my Bible. I love uh, just one—I mean, the blue leather, okay? And then you stole my compass from my website that I used—I used to have a website that had a, a compass on it. And you stole that from me, or maybe I stole it from you. I don't know, but it's got emblazoned on the cover <laughs> one of my favorite things, which is a compass, which kind of lets you know. If you got a compass, you're on an adventure, right? And then, uh, and then it has these these tabs where um, they don't stick out from the pages, but you can see the colored edge of the tabs for the different books of the Bible. And I and I just and and I love the footnotes. I love that it has Jeff Cavins is the guy behind all this. And so I went to go buy another one. They already sold out the first the first printing. By the, but th- by the time the show airs, the second printing will be up. Where can they find this Bible?
2: You can go to ascensionpress dot com, and I think Amazon was selling it as well. Uh, but ascensionpress.com, dot com, and these first couple of printings, I think they're doing most of it. But Bear, we—I gotta tell you—we were shocked. Let me see, uh, show it, the
1: guys, show the people on YouTube what
2: it looks like. Yeah, if you're looking on YouTube, you can see there. This is what Bear is talking about—the colors on the edge.
1: Yeah, and then and then the compass. Show them the compass.
2: A compass, yeah.
1: Yeah, if you're not watching on YouTube, you guys should watch this on our show on YouTube too. <laughs> yeah, you so, know what?
2: It's got the best cover for uh, uh, the, the, it comes in too. Isn't that nice?
1: That's beautiful. I want to go there. <laughs> yeah. Is that one of the pictures you took in Israel or what?
2: No, no, that is a picture from Israel, but I didn't take it. I think they just got stock pictures or something like that.
1: Well, I'll tell you that, that you guys, it's Christmas is coming up. This is, a, this is a book for anyone, men and women, but I, I got to tell you, if you have a man, uh, a young man, especially, this Bible is just so inviting. Don't you love it when the Bible comes to you and you? I remember when I published my first book, my my literary agent said, "Open it up, the, you know, the tomb that they sent you and smell it." Mm-hmm. When I opened up that box and I and I opened up the Bible just smelled it, it's just like, ah, oh, I can hardly <laughs> wait to. And I loved it so much, so I left it in Hawaii, thinking I'd get another one here, but it's on back order. But by the time the show airs, people can get it. But it's called yeah, the, you'll, the you'll, Great you'll Adventure get, Bible.
2: And you can get it. Where, where should they go to get it? AscensionPress.com
1: And what inspired this, and how did this all come about?
2: Well, you know, for, for many, many years, I taught the Great Adventure Bible Study, which takes you basically through the whole Bible in chronological order. In other words, you learn how, you learn how to read it as a story. And one of the crazy things is, Bear is that you know the church tells us that we should read the Bible, our everyone tells us we should read the Bible, but rarely does anybody show you how to read the Bible. So that's what the great adventure is about. And it's we now have uh have been, uh, over a million people now have gone through the oh, great Jeff. adventure.
1: Praise God, that's amazing! Yeah. How does yeah, that make you feel?
2: Oh, it's I mean, it's amazing. It's uh, I you know, I remember when I I was at the University of Minnesota, right where Bob Dylan stayed, and I was sitting in the car and the idea came to me when I was 26 years old. And I was so excited because I envisioned in my mind this timeline chart and show people how to read the Bible by picking out the narrative books and then showing them where all the other books fit into these 12 uh, periods of salvation history. And I I went home and for 48 hours I put that chart together, I was so excited. And Bear, I didn't know that that 48 period would define my life. I didn't know that. That just thrills
1: me, just thrills me. I didn't.
2: But yeah. you know what, what we did was we took the great adventure and we baked it into a Bible. Well, in other words, it has the, if you're, if, if you know, listeners are familiar with the Bible timeline chart, the colorful Bible timeline chart, they, they know about the various periods. And we take each one of those periods like the return you know and uh I'll just show you this the return actual
1: from Egypt or
2: yeah the, the so return from Babylonian captivity here and this well, it Babylonian actually captivity. has that part of the chart there with a whole synopsis of that period and then the color color code on the side shows you all the books that belong in that period so you're always we're always reading in proper context And and it's uh, when people when people see it, they're like, "Oh my gosh! I've always wanted this. I've always wanted a Bible."
1: Do you ever uh, do you get to the extent like where when you're reading the life of David that you insert the Psalms kind of in the right place in his story, or it not?
2: Yeah, we show you where we show you show you where the Psalms fit. Right.
1: Yeah, just so beautiful. Um, God, I got to get one for my for my for my sons. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they they will love that. This Bible is just. It actually, you know, I mean, I love it because it's a great translation. Yeah. It's got great footnotes. Yeah. Um, the Bible timeline is, is, is built through it. And,
2: and it's I, got phenomenal articles in there by some of the best scholars in, in the world. We've got uh, Dr. Peter Williamson from Detroit, Dr. Mary Healy from Detroit. She's from Sacred Heart. She's on the Pontifical Biblical Commission. I mean, this is, this is big stuff, you know. What
1: are you doing? Fact, what are you doing with these, these guys?
2: That's a good question. Does, I think don't, I, don't you sometimes kick yourself? Yes. Yeah, I've got a lot of bruises on my legs, right? <laughs> <laughs> and Andrew Swafford, Dr. Andrew Swafford, is part of the team, and uh, so you know, and we even have an article in there on how to pray Scripture, how to interpret Scripture. The Lord, oh, all kinds of stuff.
1: Go, go to that. Tell us about how to interpret Scripture. If you, I know it's. A big subject, but it's a very important subject. I know the oh, yeah, and
2: about. Uh, Dr. Peter Williamson is actually he is uh, he is a master uh, at it, and that's what he did his PhD, in, and he's the one that wrote this article in here on how to interpret Scripture. And basically, the you know the the steps are number one, you have to understand the intent of the of the human author. So if Matthew writes something, you gotta you gotta ask yourself what was Matthew trying to get across here? And you do a little study on that, and then, then you begin to look at, and that's called the literal sense, by the way. That's, we talk about that. But then we get into what's called the spiritual sense. And this goes deeper. So everything you study, you first wanna know what was the intention of the author? Second of all, what was the spiritual sense? And there's three aspects. Number one, the allegorical sense. In other words, how does this relate to Jesus? You know, If you're studying the temple in the Old, Old Testament, how does this relate to Jesus? Then the, what's called the moral sense. How does it relate to me, my conduct, my life? And then third, the anagogical sense, and that is the future. How does this relate to heaven? How does this relate to the future? So, if it, so the church gives us some really good guidelines on uh, how to stay in bounds and how to mine uh, the depths of, of the Word of God so we got a great article in there and we also believe that everyone should be praying scripture with Lexio Dino mm-hmm. and so we got a whole article on how do you how do you do that we have a reading plan in there to read the the 14 narrative books in three months uh, it's just this is a Bible to live in and to work in and we believe that it's a Bible that that people will keep for the rest of their lives it's also I think one of the only red letter editions. And that is all the words of Jesus are in red.
1: You know, I've got to tell you, I'm a Bible guy. I mean, I've, I used to have the, this chronological Bible, you know, the best that they could, they would chronologize it. I had two volumes of, of loose-leaf Bibles. So um, I had two volumes of it so I could insert footnotes in between the leaves of Scripture as I was reading and studying. I mean, I, I, I love Bibles. Yeah, I've got to tell you, this Bible, I, I mean, it, it just... Felt right when I opened it up, and I'm. I, I, this is something people should get for their for, for their for their. This is something if you it invites you to open it, and yeah, it, it gives we, you a pathway into it. Instead, of like this black box, people don't know what to do with. And we
2: know what we did. Else, uh, also, Bear is that I'm. I'm like you. We're both Bible guys. We're both Bible connoisseurs. On the margins, on the side, we built 50 percent more space on the side so that people could write in their oh, Bible. Oh, you shouldn't
1: write in a Bible.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we, we encourage people to live there. And, you, you and don't
1: you encourage them to use highlighters, too? And
2: Yeah. Well, huh? I, encourage them, I encourage them to use colored pencils to highlight, and a, it's called a zebra pen. You can get it at any office And then you do
1: it in a thematic way. Hey, you know what, Jeff, we got to yeah. go. We'll be right back with more of Jeff Cavins. We got too excited about this, this new uh, <laughs> Great Adventure Bible. I love this Bible. It's, it's my Bible now. I love it. Uh, this is Bear Wozniak with the Bear Wozniak Adventure. We want to invite you to go to our website, deepadventure.com, and sign up for our, our tour that we're taking to in the footsteps of St. Paul this coming May. Uh, we go by bus to Thessalonica and uh, Athens and so many places, and then we take a cruise ship over to Ephesus, down to Patmos, and then uh, to Santorini where my wife and I were betrothed. We'll be right back with more of the Bear Wozniak Adventure. We are here with our financial liberator, Tom Greip, the president and CEO of Notre Dame Federal
0: Credit Union. Tom, tell us, what's the difference between a bank and a credit union? Well, banks serve a great purpose in society, but they are really owned and operated on behalf of the owners, which are people that own shares in the bank. So the bank does business, and their profits, which is what they exist for, is to uh, make as much money as possible and pump that money back to the owners. Credit unions, on the other hand, are a totally different animal. We are a co-op. We are a not-for-profit. And what that means is we exist solely for the benefit of our members. So we are not here to make a ton of profit. We are here to make enough profit to sustain ourselves and then pump everything else we can back into the pockets of the people who own us, which are our members.
1: We've been talking with Tom Gripe, he's the CEO of Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. You can go to Notre Dame. FCU.com to find out more. The Financial Liberator. Aloha and welcome back to the Bear Wozniak Adventure. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. I just invited everybody to go, go to our website, deepadventure.com, if you'd like to go with us to Greece. Uh, I've been ex- exclusively studying the life of St. Paul now for about nine months, and uh, I've been doing a series with Matt Swaim on the Sunrise Morning Show on Monday mornings. But uh, this guy that we have with us on our show, Jeff Cavens, he's been to the Holy Lands a few times. Um, yeah. And you, you do a lot of pilgrimages. I mean, I, uh, I haven't bumped into, into you on a, on a pilgrimage yet, but tell us what you've got coming up as far as pilgrimages go.
2: Sure. We, um, I'm going to be going uh, in January. That one's sold out. Um, we're going to January. That'll be my 54th trip to Israel uh, where I teach over there. And we actually go on, the, on a great adventure in Israel and then we're planning right now, we have one every January, but we're planning kind of an epic trip right now in June of 2020 for young adults nationwide. And we're expecting that there might be 500 adults, young adults going over. We've got top singers. We've got Father Mike Schmitz, Father Josh Johnson. Um, it's going to be huge. We've got concerts on the Sea of Galilee, concerts in Bethlehem, a concert in Jerusalem. No, and- you don't. Oh yeah! How we do you do, do
1: that, Jeff? It's
2: well, a lot of good organizing, you know. Oh we've Got a good God. crew, and uh, but it's going to be an epic trip, and it's going to be a time of discerning and decision for young adults. Oh,
1: praise God! And where, and where do they where do they go to find out more about
2: that? They can go to my, my website, just jeffcavens.com, dot com, and we'll be we'll be putting all that information up there. We're we're just in the final steps of really you know getting that all put together. But boy, what a lineup! Of I want to go.
1: is. is I'm not young enough though, I guess.
2: Yeah. You're, yeah, you're you're right about that age. You <laughs> look pretty good.
1: I could still be a sneak into the teen and young adult section. No,
2: we have we have adults we have adults coming with us too that are gonna be accompanying and old yeah.
1: people like me.
2: Hey Jeff, me.
1: we're gonna get carried away again and we're not gonna talk about your, your new book. We talked about it over coffee. Uh, in Minneapolis a couple months ago. It's The Activated Disciple. What is, what is the title called?
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's called The Activated Disciple Taking Your Faith to the Next Level. And basically, it is about really a very, very down to earth look at what does it mean to be a disciple? Not just hypothetically, but I mean, what does your day look like? If you, you know, if, if, if you wanted to talk to Matthew or Peter or Andrew, you'll bet know, 2000 years ago, and you asked them, well, what's it like to be a disciple of Jesus? They would not tell you a bunch of theology, They'd say, "Oh, it's awesome! I mean, here's what we do: we, we 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 live together, we walk together. He does these kinds of things, and he has us doing this. And he corrected Peter the other day, you know. And it's all very relational type of type of thing. So um, I think that the book is unique in that it is a real historical look at what did it mean to be a disciple, how did you become a disciple, and how do we do that?" today. What does your day look like? How do you craft a day? How do you craft a life rather than just saying, well, these are things I believe, you know?
1: Yeah, the word disciple implies discipline, doesn't it?
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, the Hebrew word is a tall It's a disciplined follower of a great, a great man. And of course, this great rabbi that we follow Jesus uh, is the second person of the Trinity, you know? And one of the, one of the interesting things bear about this is that, and, and you, you use this actually in your life. I mean, you invited me to ride with you next year. You would never invite me to ride unless you thought, Jeff's capable of doing this. Right. You, you wouldn't do that. I would be a nothing but a burden on you and your team. You say, well, has Jeff, does Jeff know how to ride long distance? Well, yeah, he's, he's ridden 150,000 miles, you know, long distance. So so you made a decision based on me, on who you thought I was and who I who I can become. And and that's the way it was in becoming a disciple that the rabbi would choose you. Remember, Jesus said, you didn't choose me. I chose you. And they would choose you based on one criteria. Does that rabbi think that you have the ability to become like him? And so when Jesus chooses you, it means he thinks you can become like him, but you can't become like him without being with him. Uh, and that doesn't mean seven o'clock on Tuesday night in room 107 of St. Agnes Church. You know, that means full time. You're, you're going to be with Jesus and he's going to make you into himself and he believes in you. You know that's why he chose you. So b- discipleship is about being chosen.
1: I, I love that. So it's not yeah. that we chose him, but he chose us. But then we, but then we respond, and we, and we, and we give that yes. Think about it. As you look at you look at um, King David, and he talks about how he arose in the third hour of the night, or I forget what hours of the night. Um, he was praying. He had a, he had a regular, uh, not every hour, but he he had a a regular uh. Uh, like a discipline? discipline of different times of the day, even in the middle of the night, of getting up to pray, and then you see yeah. that same pattern in this beautiful gift the church has given us in the Liturgy of the hours yeah. it's, a, it's a daily rigor you look at I'm, I'm in a Benedictine oblate, uh, the rule of Saint Benedict you know the, the, there's a you know if you're going to be a, a great athlete, you know uh, and you know I, I know when I was training for the world titles i, I I did five hours a week of flexibility training. I was in the water probably 15 hours a week. Uh, I was not eating certain things and eating other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I certainly there were certainly some people that weren't on my championship diet. I didn't allow them in my life because they were distraction or they were negative or they brought me down. Um, so if we're going to be like as Tim, uh, Paul challenged Timothy at, to be an a- athlete, um, we need to we need to put a pattern into our lives of what, what is our daily and weekly pattern going to be? And the church invites us to do that. What would be a good example of that for someone who say this is their first time to try to really lay down a pattern in their life?
2: Right. Well, and you're right. You, I mean, your goal, Bear, was you wanted a world championship. So everything was surrounding that, and you got the world championship. Uh, our goal is to get to heaven. You Amen. know, to be with, be with God forever and ever. Therefore, we've got to craft our life all the way from, you know, exercise and what we eat and so forth one of the things that I recommend people do in the morning is to meet with God every day. Just even if it's only 15, 20 minutes to start with, just just meet with him. Make it the the, the top priority of your day and and do Lexio Divina. That is read scripture and listen to what God is saying to you today, because you can take that into your into your life. The second thing is, is that we're trying to teach people um, situational awareness uh, look for opportunities to pray for people, to encourage someone, to overhear someone saying something as you're standing at Starbucks, you know, and say, hey, I, I couldn't help but, you know, overhear what you just said. You, can I pray for you or How beautiful. Yeah, uh, we, we do this every day. I try to witness to two people every day. See, tell but them that's about built in. And the Holy Spirit
1: in. gives you those appointments. And I like what you said. I found in ministry, too, one of the – the, the sooner you can pray with someone – It's kind of like that's when the magic happens, and the first and you do and you start them out and you start it out with a question. You just start out by preaching. You ask them a question, and then and then you get to the point where you say, "Can I pray with you?" And then that's when the Holy Spirit, you know, kind of shows up. But I like that you get there's this scripture verse in Proverbs, and you know it well. When God is speaking to Job, and he's referring to him, did you do this? Did you do that? And he's talking about the horse and the power of the horse. And I when I read that, I think. This is how men should be, like this yeah. horse. And it says, he hears the roar of the officers. Are we hearing that roar in the mornings? Are we getting up, having our first cup of coffee with the Lord, Lectio Divina being quiet and still right. and listening? But then what happens is in, in the, in, when we go out into the fray then, there is the still small voice within us. But there's also the Scripture verse says, there is a there will be a voice behind you shouting, this is the way, follow it. You have to start yeah. out in the morning to be able to, to hear God's voice, kind of get your marching orders and to be connected. But then yeah. during the day, let the officers roar. Let, let, let the Lord speak. Let the, you know what I mean? Just be ready to respond. Uh, yeah,
2: no, that's perfect. That's exactly yeah. what we're talking about, Bear. Is that, is that, you know, some people say, well, I never, get the, I never get these opportunities like you do, Jeff. I say, no, you do. You do. You yeah. just don't take them, you don't take those opportunities. But they don't feel prepared. And Right. And the, the number one thing Jesus said, the number one phrase he said was, do not be afraid. And the reason I think he said that is that if you're going to follow Jesus, you're going to have some opportunities to be a little bit fearful. It's like you go riding with me on a motorcycle for 500 years and you go through Tooth Pass or you go through. I love Beartooth Pass. You know what? You yeah. you might have some you might have some feelings of apprehension here a little bit. You, you, you go down three thousand feet next to the road. You know, don't be afraid. But You're, did I'm he say you had there. to
1: be a theolo- theological expert? No. Jesus said, "Be my witnesses." Yes. Just say Jesus loves me. I mean, I got to tell you, I know him. Yep. He loves you. I mean, you don't have to be the deepest. If you if you needed to be that deepest theological person for that person at that moment, he probably wouldn't have sent you.
2: What and you needs. know what, Bear, true the, the New Testament says that the Holy Spirit confirms the message. It, the, you don't have to run around confirming the message. You just have to give people the message. And the Holy Spirit says, I'm going to confirm this in their life. And all of a sudden, that guy you're talking to starts crying. It's like, I need mean, what you're saying.
1: <laughs> you know, um, we got to take a quick break here. But my, our good friend, Jay Flunker, had to take a big detour on his bike on season one. He had to roll back. Uh, to San Antonio, and he went to the Harley D- Davidson dealership there. And, but there was some point, he had, he had a motorcycle problem. He had to go get it repaired. But while he was there, there was a man he started to witness to, and he said, my, and he said, you, don't, you, won't, you don't understand this. Last night, my wife and I were talking about how we need to return to the Catholic Church. So God has divine appointments for us. We just need to wake up. This yep. is Bear Wozniak with Deep Adventure Ministries, and I'm talking with Jeff Cavins, the, the man behind the Great Adventure Timeline series. We'll be right back with more.
0: Battle up! It's time for long ride home cast member Dan'l the Boom Markham to ride herd on us and challenge us to man up.
3: Heard once about a cowpoke named Loner who wanted to be a lawman, so he got himself deputized by the local sheriff as a posse volunteer. Strange bird he was, though. He criticized the posse quite regular like, and said because a fellow posse member offended him and the sheriff disappointed him that he wasn't going to ride with the posse no more, nor support the posse, nor take direction from the sheriff. He chortled, I can hunt down bad guys on my own, adding, don't need no gold-durned posse in spite of what the sheriff wrote in that old tattered posse manual. Funny, though, Loner never caught any outlaws. Eventually was bushwhacked and killed by Dirty Dave Rudabaugh. Guess that's what happens when you ride alone facing evil. Loners like folks who say they don't need the church to be a Christian, in spite of what the Lord Marshall says, and in spite of what the Lord's manual says. Fact is, one-third of the New Testament is meaningless, apart from the context of Christians being a participating member of a local church. It was that old, tough, sodbuster, the Apostle Paul who wrote to the Corinthians that a Christian can't say in truth he doesn't need the church. Like a leg telling the body it doesn't need the body. Sure, there's some dag-gum-hard things to follow in the manual, and the sheriff can be mystifying at times. And yes, there's always a gold durned posse member that will offend us. Truth is, in God's eyes, you'll not be effective in defeating evil and following the Lord apart from the posse and reading the manual. You'll get taken out by someone far wilier than Dirty Dave Rudabaugh. The moral of the story? Ride with the posse. This is Daniel the Boone Markham at Danieltheboonmarkham.com on a journey a few miles this side of heaven.
1: Aloha and welcome back to the Bear Wozniak Adventure. I've got Jeff Caven's with us, who is uh, so well known and loved for the series he does called "The Great Adventure," the Bible, the Through the Bible Timeline series, and his new Bible, "The Great Adventure uh, Bible." Uh, but I got, you know, we were talking about how he's saying this new book, "The Activated Disciple." How you put a, a discipline in your life, and I'm going to tell you a, I'm going to tell you a secret, Jeff. The two C's of prayer, the two C's of meditation, the two C's of, of study, coffee and cigars. <laughs> coffee by morning and a cigar by night, and you know you're, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, my, my two or three cups of coffee in the morning. I start out my day. I go turn on the coffee. I go out on the night by the ocean, and I start. Real nice and slow, but that first two or three sips of coffee, I'm into the scriptures, or whatever devotional study or the liturgy of the hours. But you know, Jeff, my favorite time is in the evenings. Yep. Uh, and you don't like cigars, do you?
2: Yeah, I actually I do. In <laughs> fact, uh, I've got uh, I picked up a new one uh, just yesterday called My Father. The, uh, the Grand Offering. It's called brand new. It's the Grand Offering. You know, they have my father, the judge, and, and they have all of, the, all of these, and they're, they're just an Oliva. Very good. I love
1: Oliva cigars, yeah. Yeah, hey, so I, I,
2: I still have to get yours. You, you're going to send me a little package.
1: I got to tell you, we had Notre Dame Federal Credit Union uh, last week. One of our sponsors, we love them. And one of the men there, uh, Tom Gripe, who's the CEO, uh, met him in, at the NAPI Institute, and he, he bought a sampler set and brought it back, gave it to some of the, his friends. And one of his men there at, at, at the credit union just said, this is the best cigar I've ever had. Really? So we have really good cigars. I really took my time uh, selecting them. The 7 Virtue cigars are uh, available at our website, and you can get it by the sampler set. And soon you can buy them by the, by the box, too. But it's the 7 Virtues. So when you have a cigar with a friend, you're reading uh, about Caritas or, or Love. Uh, as the name of that particular blend of cigars. So there's seven blends. The three theological virtues are the Maduros, and the medium blends are the cardinal virtues. But when you want to peel the label, and you have to to really enjoy the cigar because the label's so big, there's a, something from one of my books on, on the heroic virtue. So it gets men to, to talk about um, something other than just football. But, Jeff, isn't it true? I just got to tell you, the depth of my reading and spirituality, and my father, too, my father's hooked on cigars now— I told him, it's going to stunt your growth, Dad. But he just called me today and goes, hey, where's my box of cigars? Because every <laughs> afternoon he'll go out and he'll spend an hour reading. He's studying Padre Pio now and have a cigar. And at night, uh, I may be reading for 20 or 30 minutes. Um, right now I'm reading um, uh, the, the St. John Chrysostom's uh, um, um, commentaries on Acts. And a little bit, uh-huh. sometimes a little bit hard. But I go, oh, my cigar's only halfway done. I guess I'll keep reading, you know? <laughs> it's about coffee and cigars. Tell the truth.
2: Yeah. You know, you and I are an awful lot alike. It, maybe it's good that we live on opposite sides of the
1: country. <laughs> but we're going to have cigars with your friends up in uh, Calgary, right?
2: Yes, absolutely. On these long trips every night, guys, uh, after dinner, they all sit outside the hotel and uh, have cigars, and they fellowship for about an hour yeah, every night.
1: Yeah, it takes an hour
2: yeah you know there's something about it that's meditative and it brings guys together i know some people might not understand it but i think one of the reasons that guys like cigars is the minute you light it you know for the next hour to an hour and a half i can just relax with my friends here i don't have to mow the lawn and smoke a cigar at the same time you know this is a time to relax and and uh and and fellowship with other other brothers and uh, I know a lot of a lot of the Dennis Prager on on radio. A lot of these guys, they all they smoke cigars. It seems like the
1: new evangelization. You know what I think it is? Is because it's a call back to manliness. You know, there's very few areas that are kind of just for men. And though some women do smoke cigars, um, yeah, you know, for the most part, it I call it my solid my my uh, solitude maker. Yeah. When I sit down at the beach in Waikiki at sunset, people don't people, I find a place where there's no one, but. No one comes and sits by me, and I, I have my beach chair, and I have my iPad, and I and I read, and I have my yeah.
2: cigar. Yeah. Well, yeah. We'll, if, well, next year we'll have to get a, a box of your your cigars. Maybe you can do a. Maybe I can do a, a new branding of cigar through you, the Great Adventure Cigar That's Set. That's a good with idea. One cigar for every period. Let's
1: do it. That <laughs> let's do it. I mean, but I'll I tell you, I think there really is something about the the, the cigar, the G.K. Chesterton. A thing. Uh, I bet so much of his writing and thinking was done because a cigar makes you stop in your tracks. Uh, people want to usually leave you alone unless they're having one, and then you can share it with them. And I'm not saying it in, in a very slight way. I'm actually kind of saying it in a serious way. I think there's something about the new evangelization that's calling men uh, back to be to manly virtue. I don't say yeah. masculine virtue. I say manly virtue. And somehow, somewhere along the line, uh, men kind of have. Reconnected to, to that. You know when I, you know why I learned how to smoke a cigar was in. Uh, I had my cabin in Montana, I would built it myself up by Glacier Park, and it was. Uh, I mean, I had a couple people help me, but it was kind of like my little, terrible idea, and a project to, to kind of do do most of the work, and these little things used to bite me, and I go, what what's biting me? I can't even see them, and it's because they call them no em So, you should have a cigar; it'll get rid of them. And I had a Swisher Sweet, and that was <laughs> 1997, probably. And uh-huh. uh, ever since then, my spiritual life has gone deeper. <laughs> but let's oh, get back fun. to this activated disciple yeah. um, concept. But what, what I am saying is I'm telling you my par- pattern. I have my coffee in the morning, and I have my prayer time, uh, you know, reading the liturgy the hours of the mornings. And then in right. the evening, I have my sacred reading time with my cigar. So, I mean, th- that's a pattern, right? What kind of that pattern? Is pattern. What, would, what would you recommend to, to um, let's say, not someone who's a brand new Christian, but someone who now wants to go deeper and really activate their
2: discipleship? Yeah, I would would say start to uh, partition your day with some discipline, that uh, no matter what happens tomorrow morning, I'm going to spend time with Jesus. And I'm going to get my marching orders for the day. I'm going to hear him speak to me in his word, and I'll take that message throughout the day, and I'll probably have opportunities to apply it. And then I'll be situationally aware throughout the day. I, when I think about my kids, I'll pray for, for them and so forth. And then before I go to bed at night, there's a time of the, the examination, the examined prayer. And I look back at my day, like it's kind of like Jesus taking a, a YouTube video of you all day long and saying, can we just review this for a minute? <laughs> and you look back at your day and you praise God for the good things that he has given you and you make the corrections when when you need to and what you need to do the next, the next day. But, Bear, there, there shouldn't be a day that goes—there If you're, there is no such thing as a disciple, part-time, or, you know, I just believe these things. This is a real relationship. And I also encourage people throughout the day, if you're in your car and you want to pray, talk out loud. Talk
1: to God. <laughs> it works good when you're out stand-up paddling, too. Yeah. I find myself kind of talking to God, and I'm, all of a sudden I'm going under a wave. And I go, that doesn't work so good. <laughs> yeah just
2: just be with him talk with him talk to him you know you know what if what if jesus was with peter and matthew and and he looked back at them at the end of the day and said hey guys you haven't said anything to me all day and they said oh yeah we we have jesus we just thought it
1: (laughs) well you know also it's like this it's like um uh, sometimes it's like people talk about god like he's not even there you know like when you're a bad kid and you get sent to the principal's office and your mom is there and your dad is there and the principal is there and they talk about, about your behavior like you're not even in the room. <laughs> I'm sure you've had a time like that. But, oh, yeah. I mean, God's right here. And people yeah. will th- theorize about him and philosophize about him or like, like Job's friends, you know, uh, talked about him. But, didn't, but Job finally said to, to God, he got mad at God. He got real with God. And then God got real with him, you know, but... Yeah. But the, the guys who were just theorizing about God, what a waste of time. God is right here, right now. As soon as we're done with this show, someone could pray. What, what kind of prayer would you suggest they pray as soon as we're done with this show?
2: Well, I, I would pray, Lord, help me to become sensitive to your presence and to not lose sight of the fact that you are with me constantly. The Jews have a word for it. It's called kavanah, and it means focus. Focus. And I think that one of the things that's the hardest about being a disciple is, is maintaining that awareness 24-7. It's a discipline. Once you do it, once you do it, it's a gift. You know?
1: Well, you talk about uh, situational awareness. We've got like 30 seconds left. But I know you also uh, train people in gun safety and, and uh, uh, how to carry. You know, the, mm-hmm. the, and a big part of that is situa- it's, you know, one of the best things you can do so you never have to draw a gun is to have situational awareness. and where not to be. (laughs) Absolutely. We're talking with Jeff Cavins. Hey, Jeff, uh, can we just like write an email to each other after this and say, can we talk again in six weeks? Because it was too Sure. I really love, uh, you can see I kind of get almost too talkative when I, oh, I do get too talkative when I talk. Oh, we're just good friends. You energize me so much. But um, so the the new book is called Activated Discipleship. It's,
2: it's, it's being released right now. Yeah, it's got coming out in about two weeks, The Activated Disciple. So it'll it'll be out for this uh, this fall, Christmas, and all that.
1: And where can they get that?
2: They can get that at ascensionpress.com, and I believe that Amazon and everyone else will have it too. And that's so.
1: where they can go to get the new uh, Great Adventure Bible, and then get your—, Adventure.
2: your the, the Great Adventure Time. With your compass on the front.
1: Yeah. Well, my son's designed this beautiful compass for my website. So it's not quite <laughs> the same. But, I mean, I dig compasses, you know, I— I remember getting lost in Montana hunting in the snow, and I, I didn't believe my compass. And I ended up uh, finding someone else. I was lost, and I found someone else's tracks, and I guess I'll follow those guys' tracks. He must know where he's going. And I finally realized they were my own tracks. I had come full circle. Oh, that's funny. So we need a compass. Yeah. And we need the catechism, and we need the scriptures. This is Bear Wozniak with the Bear Wozniak Adventure. We've been talking with my friend Jeff Cavins. Uh, Jeff, uh, we'll... Uh, We'll talk to you again soon. We'll plan out our trip, Mario and our motorcycles from Cocoa Beach to Alaska.
2: Sounds good. God bless you. Okay,
1: until next week, uh, may the breath of the Holy Spirit aloha
0: you. Aloha. You've been listening to the Bear Wozniak Adventure. Go to bearwozniak.com to get your free audio and other exciting content. Plus, you can pick up the Long Ride Home 10-episode DVD set. Autographed copies of Bear's books, long ride home shirts, tanks, coffee cups, and even motorcycle pins and patches. And find out how guys can sign up for Bear's Man Cave online Facebook group. All at bearwastning.com.